Love the song. I've literally listened to this. I've literally listened to this like dozens of times since I first discovered it on what Wednesday or Thursday last week. You discovered an eight-year-old song, sir. I did. But like, it's. But the thing is, it's like it's. I I don't know how to how to explain it. It's well, no, I do know how to explain it. I know exactly what the fuck I'm gonna say, but um. No, I mean, it's, it, I, I've heard the Simon Garfunkel version many, many times, but never really paid attention to the words. And I just feel like with this version, it's almost like the words, like what the message and what they're saying, like really, like really hits home a lot more. And it's not like a, it's not necessarily a personal thing, but it's more so think of like what's going on in the world. And I, I looked into the, to, you know, what Paul Simon wrote about this about you know why they came up with the song and, and essentially what it came down to is that the song really just it 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 really uh explains like how people don't really or are almost emotionally detached from one another or like people get to a point in relationships where they become detached and they don't really communicate anymore and I, that's what the original what like the original you know thought was behind the song but if you listen to the words and you think of what the world is like nowadays, it's almost like it's almost like Simon and Garfunkel predicted what the world would be like 60 years into the future, which is basically when they wrote the song 60 years ago. And it's and I know there's a lot of, you know, it's more symbolic than anything, but or it's more figurative than anything, but if you if you like if you listen to the song it's almost like this journey that this guy takes and he sees like basically or like the way i i interpret it is that like there's all these people that are all around each other they're all you know dependent on technology for communicating with one another but nobody's actually conversing with one another people aren't having the conversations together they're they're creating art, but it's through artificial means. It's not like the natural way of producing art by painting or drawing or, you know, producing music in the classical sense. Everything is digital in a digital age. And and even though this guy tries reaching out to everybody to say, hey, you need you really need to change your ways because this is killing society. They all just go back to worshiping their own technology. And that's that's what I got out of it. And it's just it's perfect for today's day and age, because you look at people, you go to New York City at any given point, you go to you go to uh, the theater district and there's tens of thousands of people around and barely anybody's talking. Everybody's buried in their fucking cell phones. Nobody's communicating. Nothing. Nobody knows what the fuck is going on in the world. And it's just like it's it's horrific just goes to show you like how much society is decaying all around us so that's my take on the song now i could have taken it a lot many steps beyond what it actually meant but that's why it had so much meaning to me how do you like that one the modern man emotionally detached yet digitally connected there you go good summary for all the shit that i just said no, I, I think it was fantastic, honestly. I'm listening to you, and, and it all makes sense. Meanwhile, I'm trying to, like, wrestle this this bottle of doers that I got over the holidays. <laughs> I just can't do it. Speaking of coping. 
speaking of coping, it's so what you got you doers because because so often, yeah, I got a it's like a package. It's like a I don't I don't know if I'm going to end up having any of it because it, this is winning. <laughs> don't you have a saw or something or a or a sharp knife? I do actually. I just got one for Christmas too. Nice. I don't have it with me. You know, this will probably take me to halfway point of the episode. Yeah, we'll be I, here. I, I, I like uh, I like the interpretation that you had. It really resonates because I see the same thing too. And it's it's not just in, like it, it's it was interesting to hear you use the theater district as the location because it's someplace like New York, in in especially that it, it is such a you know it's a center of the arts essentially you know acting is an art and broadway in itself and I, even when I as a kid i was always just mesmerized by like just the idea of acting yeah um you know putting on a stage and and pretending to be somebody completely different and, and when i was a kid remember like when you would read in school in elementary school everybody would have like there would be the narrative stories and everybody would take a part i would always like Whenever we got to the start, we're reading and like, I never pre-read it, but I would just look and see whatever person got to read the most and be like, you know, I'll kind of take that on as a role. I never pursued it. I never was like, oh, let me do theater. Yeah. But even like at the gym, even, you know, even at the gym, like people in between sets, you're looking around, it's like, focus on the next set, focus on your workout. You're there because you're trying to improve, but you're nose deep and, you know, whatever it is that you're looking at. So often it's something like Instagram. We don't even care about what people's thoughts are anymore. You know, there was Twitter, now X. I finally, I find myself gravitating towards that a little bit more because there's, I feel like there's a little bit more substance. There's content. Yeah. I don't really agree with all of it, but I think that's, that's the perfect idea of it. So you're not caught in this echo chamber where you're just surrounded with people that just agree with you. I like seeing... Yeah. Know, objective perspectives and then enter facebook where it's just like i don't know what's what's my uh what's my what's my relatives doing i could check in on them from there yeah you know and just all that but then and, and like i feel like instagram is kind of front and center now and there's no ideas it's a hundred percent aesthetically based you know what i mean like you got your influencers everybody is looking their very best I remember when it was just like, you know, there was years ago, years ago, I was, I was in this relationship and it was, it was going sour and it was going sour for some time. And then it finally, finally ended. I remember being out somewhere and ran into somebody I you know, hadn't seen in a while and asked, you know, how the relationship was going. It's like, oh, it's, 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 it's over. You know, it was, it was pretty rough, but I'm glad it's over. And they're like, you guys seem so happy. So, yeah, because, you know, when you're putting it on social media, it's easy to just put on this representation of yourself and not necessarily be who you really are. You know what I mean? So, and it's just like you said, you know, it's, you know, they described it. I made the joke about it. You know, it's this digital connection, but there's no emotional attachment. No. You know, so, and, and I just remember, you know, the look they gave me back with this kind of smirk and they're like, Facebook lies. <laughs> and it, you know, and it's that's what it was and now you know like i said instagram was just just like aesthetic blueprint you know you have influencers you got people that are paid 
comfortable living is just to like portray this perfect lifestyle. And I see how it, it affects children. Like I see with, you know, with ours, like there's this idea, like, you know, she made a, she made a comment today. She's like, tomorrow's not going to be perfect because this and that. I was like, what is your idea of perfection? Number one, you're 11. Stop. Yeah. Stop right now. Nothing is ever perfect. And that, and that, that's actually the beauty of it is that nothing is ever perfect. If you think something is perfect, there's something, there's something wrong below the surface. Right. But I mean, this is the idea that people get from social media. I mean, look at Instagram. Like I was just giving the example. If something's not perfect, you could throw on a filter. Yeah. And then, you know, all of a sudden something that might be imperfect slightly even is just all of a sudden something is a little bit is the more aesthetically pleasing. And I saw a meme once and it was like, you know, all these filters, how would I ever know if I really met you? Like I, I see somebody on Instagram who looks beautiful and I met you in person and you look like a potato or worse <laughs> or worse or worse. But with that, let's sample some doers. It's a, it's a blended scotch whiskey. It's aged 12 years, double aged in first fill bourbon casks. It's a product of Scotland. Nice. So this little package that I got here, it's got this, this, this 12 year, Scotch. This is nothing crazy. I mean, I'm talking about it like I'm some kind of Scotch snob. If I was a Scotch snob, I'm sure as how we would be drinking doers. But it came with a couple other like little samples. There's a 15 year and an 18 year. Oh, I had samples of them. Yeah, nice. But I'm gonna stick with the 12 that comes out of it because yeah, I'm not looking to get it. I'm not looking to go crazy tonight. Yeah. I mean, after well, the last few, it's just like Crown Royal Peach. You know, this is gonna be a, <laughs> this is gonna be a step up from that anyway. Yeah, I don't got anything special. I got a, I got a bottle of Maker's Mark. I'm trying to finish and get rid of, get out of my cabinet, out of my liquor cabinet. This so I'm gonna be sticking to this tonight. I know when I have this sip, it's gonna be similar to that night that I was like, you know what? No, I'm gonna do, I'm gonna do tequila on the on the rocks. Oh God! Here's a first sip, instant regret. Yeah. Anyway, like, salute my friend. This. I'm eyeballing this. Like, what do you have against me? Don't don't hurt me. <laughs> salute, salute. Merry Christmas, by the way. Merry Christmas. It's actually not too bad. I haven't had scotch in a while. That's not too bad. Yeah, that definitely d- hits differently than uh, than uh, than bourbon. Bourbon is like tree bark scotch is like tree bark but not as thick you know like a picture bourbon is like a like a thick oak like a thick oak uh, tree bark Mm. and this is more of like something that fell off a pine tree and you started gnawing on this is like your left this is like if if an alcoholic beverage soaked in a bucket with the bottom part of the Christmas tree that you cut off before you put it in the stand. <laughs> that's, that's the flavoring. Nice. <clears throat> pine tree, pine tree. You mean like the root ball? That's it. Nice. No, I, I'm not going to transplant the Christmas tree. Is that how you do it? You've got a dirt section of your floor. And you just plant the tree in your house. You're very anti the idea that some tree is, is dying because you want to celebrate a holiday. Mm. Oh, yeah. 
So this world, man, this world. First, let's let's start. I mean, where do you want to start? You want to start overseas? You want to start Uh, here with our uh, own election? uh, (laughs) Wherever you, whatever part of the chaos you want to, you want to start start with. Yeah. Throwing a a dart. I mean, let's just start here at home just because this, this Trump thing is on, on, it's unrolling as the days go by. Mm -hmm. Originally, you know, with primaries starting to come up. There was the idea that Trump was not going to be on the ballot in Colorado, causing a mm-hmm. stir, um, legal injection, legal interactions rather, and uh, ultimately they're deciding to leave him on the ballot because mm-hmm. they want to let it. It was the state supreme court that said he couldn't. They're like, well, I think this is something that the federal court should sort out for us. So in the meantime, they're going to leave him on, which I think is the right idea. And while they're changing their mind and coming to their senses enter Maine into the chat. And the reason I, I use the phrase come to their senses, because, you know, when everything happened, you know, a few short years ago, which we're still seeing, you know, making the headlines, everybody's talking about January 6th and insurrection. And, you know, this is, this is an attack on our democracy. I think that's something that we should actually explore on a little bit further, because this idea that, you know, it's it's a, it's an attack on our democracy. Mm-hmm. When when you're leaving candidates off of your ballot who are polling is 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 astronomically high as Trump is, like him or dislike him, the idea that you're taking him away as an option that in itself is is an idea in, in my opinion of an attack on democracy because you, you're limiting who yeah. the choices are for. The, the for for your for your citizens yeah i mean yeah does it end? I, like are you allowed then to like is, is he allowed to be a write-in candidate as we were three years ago so <laughs> yes we were we got 0.0001 percent of the electorate um and got flagged <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> for 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 misinformation um so yeah, I mean, so I, I think it has to everybody really has to understand, you know, what the basis of all this is. So what the Colorado Supreme Court is basically suggesting is that or their, their rationale for this. And I think everybody needs to understand <clears throat> they they make a good point. Well, they don't necessarily make a good point. They cite the Constitution for their for their decision. But the evidence behind it is really what's poor. That really doesn't make any sense. So having said that, what they're citing is the 14th Amendment, Section 3 of the, of the 14th Amendment, that basically says if um, any um, any political figure or any uh, office holder in, in, in federal uh, or for any sort of federal office, and they don't really get specific. If you look at Section Three of the Fourteenth Amendment and really de- of of the Constitution of the United States, it really doesn't it doesn't really define specific offices. Like it doesn't specifically say the president, the vice president. It does say uh, elector or, or electors of the president or vice president. Um, it, it lists uh, military offices. I'm assuming for for certain uh, uh, officers or for certain uh, commission positions, if you will. Um, basically says that if anybody 
has ever participated in insurrection, then they are disqualified from holding military and or federal office. Um, but it's it's fairly vague. So it doesn't really give a lot of detail behind it, which I'm not a huge fan of. I mean, as somebody who's written policies for hospitals in the past, we try to get as specific as possible. So if there's any dispute that comes up, it's clearly written in terms of what the policy says. Um, this is a little more vague. So it says if they in in if they if this person has participated in insurrection, then they are disqualified from holding any sort of uh, public office, if you will, at a federal level uh, or at, in the military. <clears throat> now, if you look at the history behind this, this this amendment was written after the Civil War to basically block any sort of um, any Confederate defectors, if you will, or defectors from the Union to the Confederacy um, to basically participate in a secession from the United States and basically to take part in the Civil War. So it's basically to say to any of those formerly elected officials that if you went to the Confederacy, then essentially you are no longer qualified for, for holding public office um, in the United States, once again, since obviously the South lost the Civil War. Um, so that's really what the origin of it was for. Now, it really hasn't been used that much since. It, it was used um, after January 6th, 2021, to remove somebody in, in the New Mexico, the New Mexico um, House of Representatives, I believe, at the state level because of their, their participation in the January 6th quote-unquote insurrection and i use that term very loosely because it's highly debatable if it was actually an insurrection versus a riot now i think people really need to understand what the definition of insurrection is an insurrection is basically a a, a conspiracy or, or a violent uh attempt to overthrow a government um so that's where you know, the question really comes in, was it truly an insurrection or not? Um, and based on that definition, that's not really, that's not my, that's not my interpretation of an insurrection. An insurrection is if you actually have like a, a, a you know, a, a, a coordinated attempt to overthrow a government, a, a true like coup d'etat. So that's, that's where I think the the gray area comes in is that number one, was that truly an insurrection or not? And that's what, what people really have to understand. Number two, the question is, was Donald Trump really responsible for either participating in or directing the insurrection or not? Um, so that's that's where all these questions come up. And for these folks to come up with rulings like this, when nobody has been charged from who took part in January 6th, that has actually been charged and convicted of actual insurrection, then the question comes up is, was that an actual insurrection or not? They've been charged with other things like breaking and entering, disorderly conduct, um, I think uh, inciting a, a riot or something to that effect, but nobody of all the people that have been convicted um, None of them have been charged or none of them have been convicted with an insurrection. Right. I mean, and that's one of the things that we were seeing when it came to like the 
the insurrection shaman or whatever he was going by, right? Oh. I mean, he he ended up pleading guilty because he didn't want to take it to trial. He didn't want to kind of go through it. Hold, he gets released, time served, and then out comes the video with shows the Capitol Police basically ushering him around the building. Oh. And I think that's why uh, it only. I feel like the momentum of that has got, has slowed down, but it gets brought up by certain news outlets whenever it, it's fitting it serves as an adjective for a certain individual. You know what I mean? Like, like yeah. if it's Trump, it's like, well, Trump is responsible for that insurrection. So he's not a viable candidate. So, well, it's like to your, to your point, it's never been, nobody's been convicted. So if you're going to say something happened, somebody has to be responsible for it, right? Like take like a, a murder, for example, right? It's easy to see that a murder took place. You have candidates, you're, you're candidates, you have suspects, you have people that were most likely, you know, left with blood on the knife or, or so to speak. But there's evidence that the crime took place, but who did it? Who's going to be held responsible for it? Here you see that, you know, you want to say that it was a crime that took place. Well, by now you should have a suspect if you've made this many arrests and charge people for other crimes or the accomplices of the crime who's the main ringleader they're probably going to turn on that person mm -hmm. nobody has nobody said like well this person told us to do it I, I mean most descriptions of it seems like it was you know and i'm not advocating for this at, at all disclaimer on that but it, it seems like this was just like completely mob mentality. Mm -hmm. Once it started, it was impossible to stop. And, you know, some people might think this is a comparison of apples to oranges, but, you know, look what we're seeing with a lot of these, these, these organized, what are they calling them? Street takeovers, mm -hmm. you know, where people all, all flock to, to a street because they think it's a good idea. They think they're doing something cool. You know, it's going to be fun. It's a young crowd. And then next thing you know, somebody does something stupid and the rest of the people follow. Yeah. And you see it in these quote unquote, you know, peaceful protests that we were seeing in, in, in any time there's a quote unquote peaceful protest, you know, but it's just that there, if there's the scene of the crime, there's always a suspect. Yeah. And then in this play, this case, there's just a lot of accessories and there's no main main cog in the wheel. And there's a reason he, there, nobody's been picked up for it because there's no way to prove that, it, you know, uh, this is three years later. Yeah, exactly. Three years later. This there, there's things about, you know, this whole Hunter Biden thing. This is come and gone and come back again. Now they're talking about an impeachment inquiry and to, to Biden. Uh, this has all happened since then. Mm -hmm. And, yeah. and, and they're gaining a case, you know, they're putting together a case. This yeah. is three years ago when, when there's countless hours of footage spewing all over your TV, but we don't have any suspects. Yep, exactly. And, and that, that's my issue with it for, for those that are, are giddy about the idea that, you know, that Trump is being left off the ballot in Colorado. I, I mean, or was originally left off the ballot in Colorado due to the Supreme Court. It, I mean, politically, it really wouldn't make a difference because Colorado would go for Democrat anyway. Um, and, which is and why, now, right. yeah, which is which is kind of irrelevant in the grand scheme of things. But unfortunately, it, it starts a precedence. And that's when other states start following suit. Like, for instance, last week, Michigan also 
looked at this idea and, and it was shot down right away and he's being left on the on the ballot now just literally a couple hours ago the the secretary of state in maine decided unilaterally that she would leave trump off the ballot without really any any real consideration for for anything other than so i mean in in from what what i've read based on the articles that she basically said oh he participated in an insurrection and so he's being left off the ballot because of section three of the 14th amendment but again was it really an insurrection or not? And that's my issue with it. And it has nothing to do with politics. And I, I'm trying to look at it as blindly as I possibly can, because if we just start blurring the lines of definitions for different legal terms, we're in a serious, we're, we have worse problems on our hands in the near future than just this presidential election coming up in a year from now. That means that we could just start making shit up as we go along. And and we know that society has been in a downward spiral. spiral. This just accelerates it, as far as I'm concerned. Because then any bureaucrat could come up with any definition, any term they want, just to basically convict somebody of something or to charge them with something. It like, like the whole thing. I mean, it's the greatest oh, smear. here's here's and the media does a hell of a job just really just really you know trying to like solidify these definitions like oh how can you you know he's he shouldn't be he shouldn't be allowed to run for president because he has 91 indictments on his hands well an indictment is basically an accusation or an allegation it doesn't mean you've actually been convicted convicted of crime exactly Exactly. So, and, and the unfortunate thing is that our society is too dumb to really understand that. It, our society is too dumb to use critical thinking to really say, okay, is this a legitimate thing that's going on? And unfortunately, they're not. They're just getting, they're just getting headlines from the mainstream media that is not really interested in giving you a full explanation of what's going on because they're getting through multiple, they're, they're trying to get through multiple stories as well as trying to get through advertisement segments for their advertisers or their mm-hmm. investors that are basically giving them money because they are for-profit companies. They are publicly right. traded companies, which is a fucking travesty as far as I'm concerned. But isn't that just it? <coughs> isn't that, that, that That's the funny part about it because when it was there guy or well girl in that case but when it was hillary clinton who was running for office and she was being investigated and all the emails and all her doings and when it was their guy it was okay but this one and it's funny because i I talked to somebody and their argument is always like well it it wasn't as much i mean it was just a little bit so who cares listen breaking the law is breaking the law is what exactly i mean exactly it's not how far over you went it's the fact that you went over i mean in this argument went back even when it was like talking about you know it was talking about uh, classified documents and who had them and this was a trump mm-hmm. where they were finding mar-a-lago and then like yeah but it was biden and he had him and and his argument was just like you know yeah but he was he was vice president when he had him and, uh, what does that mean vice, vice, it, it, what does it mean because vice presidents cannot declassify information vice president the president can do that the vice president cannot declassify information or documents. Yeah. 
there was a there was a sailor that that took pictures. I don't know if it was on a submarine or something, and it wasn't of anything of any real classified um, information about the submarine. And the guy went to prison for years, for I think five years or something like that. This happened a few years ago. So again, it doesn't matter how many you have, where they're being stored or anything like that. If you are in possession of things that you're not supposed to have, and they're classified then you're guilty as charged. <laughs> I mean, re- regardless of who you are. And, and that's that's the travesty of what's going on right now is that there's no, you know, justice is not is not blind anymore. It's it's based on it's based on the the court of public opinion in which the know. narrative is being set by the by the mainstream media. Can and that's very evident? dangerous. But can it be more evident? I mean, you have somebody like, I mean, it's the president's son, and I get it. The president's never going to allow his son to go to jail. He'll instantly be pardoned. But just the whole idea that there's an individual who was a drug addict on drugs at the time with a firearm Uh facing charges, the chance that this person will never set foot in jail Yeah, on a gun charge. Could you yeah. imagine if you were locked up on a gun charge? Like he, here's, and, and and this is what I thought was funny about this conversation that I had with with a, a colleague of mine. Just maybe actually just within the past couple of days, you have people that are locked up, yeah, for for, for taking lives, yep, that may do fifteen to twenty years. Usually they're they're much more substantial, you know, much more much more time than that. But sometimes you know like a, a manslaughter charge or whatever. But either way, you're responsible for, for somebody not walking this earth anymore. Mm-hmm. They're doing like 15, 20 years. Sexual assault. Mm-hmm. Violated a child. 15 yeah. years. A lot of time. It's a lifetime for most. Mm-hmm. A, lot of, a lifetime for a lot of people, but chances are if you did that, most of those people that originally got locked up for that charge in their mid-20s, sometimes later than that. I mean, if it's later than that, maybe it is a death sentence. But it's still not called a death sentence. It's still not called a life sentence. It's called a 50-year sentence. Mm. Take somebody like Bernie Madoff. Yeah. Great. What he did was absolutely terrible. Mm-hmm. He basically wiped out... I mean, there was towns that had their pension funds wrapped up in, in his, his Ponzi scheme. He wiped them out. Mm-hmm. You have people like... Uh, who's this guy with the... Uh, what was the the one in, in, in like the Bahamas? It was... Uh, cryptocurrency brokerage oh yeah i know i the guy with the stupid haircut and the bitch that's yeah i can't yeah like like prototypical just weak yeah, but when you man. start ripping people off when you start ripping people off financially <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or companies like bernie madoff like there was like you know there were some towns but he ripped a lot of people off that even if they lost that money that they invested with him they were still going to live comfortably for the rest of their life, and so are their kids. Generational wealth, regardless. Yeah. Regardless of what he, he skimmed off the top. And I'm not justifying anything that he did. He should do time. But it's crazy when it's a financial crime, and they right off the rip say, yes, that's a life sentence. Yeah. So you're going to tell me that this, this, this thing, this thing that in so many instances when it was, when we were in recessions, when it was,
it's not called that when you, you'll call it a life sentence when yeah my uh my internet just froze a little bit apparently we'll find out if it went unchecked what's that <laughs> we'll find out if that rant went unchecked <laughs> yeah we'll we'll see about that so but my, the moral of the story is just crazy that you know financial crimes often hold more weight than than, than actual physical crimes on, on, on other human beings it's just crazy to me well it depends on who you piss off with those crimes if you piss off the average person who doesn't have much to defend themselves then <clears throat> there isn't much that's going to come out of that but if you piss off the right people the right people with power or with a lot of financial wealth then they'll they'll definitely come for you let's put it that way yeah but i think the the point is that i think what it really boils down to is that if you have connections if you're in the elitist class um you could basically get away with anything that you want yeah 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 and i thought there was a I think the problem with John Stewart, there's an episode, I think I, we talked about it before about the, the prison industrial complex and mm -hmm. just, uh, there's a lot of, I mean, if you, if you look into it, you look at and you know, demographically, much more crime occurs in lower income areas. Mm -hmm. We're not investing in And some of those crimes, you know, it might carry like a bail that people in that area, they're not. Can't afford. They can't afford it. They can't yeah. afford it. You know, whereas you go into a, a much more affluent area and you have resources like kind of like a scared straight almost, right? You got locked up. Like, I'm not going back there again. Thanks for yeah. bailing me out. <laughs> but you get people that just get caught up in the system just because they don't have the money to get out of it or the resources. Yeah. And then they get, they get trapped. Yeah. Trapped. Yeah. It's horrific. But it's great to see what's going on with this, this, uh, this GOP primaries. See three faces that are pretty much front and center still. You got the Santis, Trump, and Nikki Haley. Nikki Haley is facing a lot of controversy. I thought it was an, it, it, kind of comical in a sense. Over the weekend, she found herself in some hot water because she was asked a question kind of off the cuff um, just in regards to the Civil War, and her answer didn't really satisfy the, imper the person that asked the question because she didn't identify, identify slavery as one of the reasons for the Civil War. She kind of tiptoed around it in a different different answer, a different approach. For uh, that, that won't sit well with some people. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I guess her <laughs> answer was, I mean, I think it's a, the, the cause of the Civil War was basically how government was going to run the freedoms and what people could and couldn't do. The thing is, is uh, granted, um, slavery was a very, very large part of it. Um, maybe even the tipping point of it, you know. Yeah. But if even that's one thing, even Hollywood got right. I mean, I remember watching Lincoln years ago. I didn't even make it through most of it, but just watching what it was, Daniel Day Lewis. Um, you'll realize that the entirety of the Civil War was not based solely on slavery. Right. It, it wasn't. I mean, it's nice to look back and see that it was eradicated because of the Civil War. Mm -hmm. But that wasn't the sole reason for the Civil War. But I mean, he, he ended up elaborating uh, on that further, you know, 
I mean, of, of course it had to do with it. I mean, the questioner wasn't satisfied with the answer saying in the year 2023, it's astonishing to me that you answered that question without even mentioning the word slavery. And maybe she should have, maybe she should have. Yeah. But I don't know, Thursday morning, Haley uh, sought to clarify her comments by saying, of course, the Civil War was about slavery. No, that's a, that's that. But that's the easy part of it. What I was saying was, what does it mean to us today? What does it mean to us today? It was about freedom. And that's what it was all about. It was about individual freedom. It was about economic freedom. It was about individual rights. Our goal is to make sure, no, we never go back to that state of slavery. Elaborating on that, I can see the points that she made. Um. I could also see the other person, but, but a question like that, I feel like it's, it's entirely baited. You know, obviously I feel like, especially can, you know, cameras running, they're looking for, for a sound bite. And they got yeah, it. Of course. Of course. You know, out of the thousands, the tens of thousands of questions that these individuals face on the campaign trail, like you're going to get a bad answer. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think one of the things I've liked about, about Vivek Ramaswamy is that, He's just torn into people for those types of gotcha questions and has gone what seems to be completely off script and just completely unloaded on some of these people. <laughs> and that's I, I think I think we need more more candidates like that or more more candidates for any sort of public office that are that are more willing to kind of bite the bullet and just say, you know what, like this is just a bullshit question. Uh, and I know exactly why you're asking it, but right. let me let me let me give you the answer that that you are going to be horrified with, and that is not going to really make a lot of sense in your reporting uh, capabilities back to your boss and to the people who are watching this. Mm-hmm. So I I I mean it, it to me this just goes show goes to show that people have more more balls than uh, than uh, than what these fucking politicians have showed in the past. Yeah, he's not going to win the election by any stretch of the imagination. But I do think with his introduction, you know, coming on to the, the, the national stage, I think he definitely has a future in politics. And who knows, maybe in the future, he, he'll pose a run. But I think right now, the names that he's up against are just too strong. Well, I, I think there's a lot of people that are that are suggesting that he's he's not necessarily doing what he's doing for for the actual presidency, but possibly as a as a vice president candidate, vice presidential candidate branding himself if you will yeah yeah but you know it's interesting now that we're on the topic of you know just candidates in general something that's kind of disappeared from the national conversation is just the idea of somebody possibly running against biden that whole <laughs> idea is just you know it came with the tide it's gone nobody's talking about rfk anymore well he, he's he's planning on going independent is that as far as plan? i know what's that i didn't know that was the new plan it would be interesting if he does do that you know if he could get on stage with whoever ends up winning the the winning the the candidacy for the Republicans, yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting to see. I mean, I, I can't, I can't imagine. Like, it, it still don't. It racks my brain. It boggles my mind how. Biden is just, he's falling apart at the seams. And, you know, I, I was watching a, a, a clip of, of Joe Rogan, and he was talking to his, whoever he was interviewing, and they were talking about Trump and, like, how like, the response that, that Trump had gotten when he when he showed up at the, uh, the UFC when it was at MSG. Yeah. And Rogan was talking 
about it. And he was in pandemonium, people going crazy. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, for him, like, to be in that environment, just see what that, you know, they have the perspective that he did. Go into saying, like, you know, he's just like, you know, people, regardless of what the media is showing you, the people are fed up. People yeah. want to change. Yeah. And that's why it's not so surprising when you see somebody like Trump get elected. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's, as much as, as people hated, you know, a lot of people hate Trump, as much as yeah. a lot of people hated him, there's a reason that that election was so close between him and Biden. There's a reason for that. Yeah. It's not just because Biden all of a sudden in his 50 years in politics, all of a sudden he just kind of started to figure it out. You know, it's because this guy shot himself in the foot so many times and he kind of led people to just vote for anybody but him. Yeah. But I think if that wasn't so much the case, then it wouldn't have been, it wouldn't, we, we wouldn't be watching this guy fall asleep reading a teleprompter every night. Yeah. <laughs> but this that's is very true. Got. And they think this is the guy that's the best candidate. This is the guy that's going to be the best option for the, the American people in the next election. He's barely keeping it together now. I mean, what happens in two years? We're going to get stuck with Kamala Harris. Oh, God. The thing is, is like, there's a serious possibility that we get our first woman president and it's not a Democrat. How crazy is that? How much would that blow the minds <laughs> of, of, the, of the leftist media? How crazy would that be? Oh, they would, they would tear whoever that would be apart. Because Nikki Haley's a viable candidate. She's because, right behind Trump. She's I mean, she's not right behind Trump, but she's polling yeah. better than DeSantis is right now. And at the beginning of this whole primary session, if you will, you know, it was it was thought that it was going to be a, a race between DeSantis and Trump, and it's turned out to not be that. Yeah. And I think that's why we're starting to see the, the instance like we did with this whole whole slavery can, uh, comment with with her lack of slavery mm-hmm. comment from from nikki haley because i think people are starting to realize the media is starting to realize that this person might be a valuable candidate and we might have to watch out for her. so let's start the smear campaign because oh, yeah. we can somehow der- derail her then mm-hmm. get back to trump who maybe maybe you know we talked about this earlier he hasn't been indicted or he's been indicted but he hasn't been convicted of anything mm-hmm. maybe he gets convicted maybe yeah and then what then you have this 11th hour where it's like, shit, we're scrambling. We don't have a real candidate. You got to yeah. pull him off the ballot because now he is a felon. And then you, you get somebody like, but the thing is, is now we, we, there's a very good possibility over the next year that Biden gets impeached himself. Yeah. See, I don't, I don't think that, I don't think any of that's going to, I don't think that's going to go anywhere. I think that's just the, the, the tit for tat that the, that the Republicans I think are playing. tat also. And there, there's, I, I agree with you 100% there, but I, there's a possibility. Yeah. I mean, when when y- your phone's buzzing in your pocket and giving you alerts that you know, they're moving forward and they're launching an inquiry and they're trying to connect the dots between him and Hunter and what, what information Joe was aware of and in regards to Hunter's dealings, which oddly enough involved Ukraine, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> Imagine that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't think the, the Biden impeachment is going anywhere. To be honest, I think it's just the, 
a political dick measuring contest just as much as I don't think these indictments against Trump are going to go anywhere because I think they're just, I think they're, they're Hail Mary attempts by the left to try to, to try to get him disqualified from being a viable candidate or just trying to basically convict him in the court of public opinion, despite the fact that he probably won't have any convictions um, go up against him. So that's what I think is really what's going on. And if you want, and I know I've said it before, but if the audience wants my wants my actual opinion on this whole matter. Um, what I think is going to happen is that all these Trump indictments are going to go away. This Biden impeachment bullshit's going to go away. Uh, Biden's or Trump is going to become the 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 presidential candidate for the Republican side. Biden will remain it for the for the Democratic side. I think come election time, I think Trump will get reelected. Um, and then I think there's going to be an attempt on his life, literally. And I said that before Tucker Carlson even brought it up a few weeks ago. So mm. this is something I started formulating, I think, probably over the summer, because just the way things are are going, these attempts to keep him off the ballot at the state level, I think these are the final Hail Mary to try to prevent him from from um for running for the for presidency. Um, I think the Democrats are are absolutely terrified of the idea that if he has a clean slate going into, into the presidential election, I think Biden is toast when it comes to that. Oh yeah. and they and they know it. And they absolutely know it. And they are they are trying their their damnest to try to keep Trump out of that office. But I honestly think that if he gets in it. I really think they're going to go to to the extreme. And it's it's fascinating to see. And it's in and I don't mean that in a good way. I mean that in a very bad way. And and I, I think what people have to understand is that it's this is far more nefarious than people think. Um I think this kind of expands beyond our beyond our borders. I think this is really at a at a global level in terms of what's going on politically worldwide, not just here in the United States. I know that we're stuck in our own bubble, but if you look at what's happened recently, even in Europe, Europe of all fucking places, where more more right wing people have been elected into presidencies or prime minister positions, even in look at Argentina recently with their with their president, pretty pretty right-wing president. We're starting to see that rebellion against this globalization of the world or globalization of all countries of the world, trying to bring it under one unique or one uh, supreme world government uh, that basically, you know, for all intents and purposes, really looks like a communist type of one world government where you will own nothing and you will be happy whether you're happy about it or not. Um, where the, the one world government is going to be the supreme leader of, of all the people of the world. There's really just going to be just two classes of people, the proletariat and the bourgeoisie, just like what we saw in communist Russia. That's what I 
I really believe the globalists are trying to do. And this isn't a conspiracy theory. If you really connect all the dots, really look deeply into everything, that's exactly what has been lining up over the past 10 to 15 years. And I think people are finally starting to wake up. And they're starting to try to get away from that idea. Unfortunately, I hope it doesn't swing in the complete opposite direction where we go from complete far far left loons to complete far right loons. Then we have another set of problems on our hands. But the world politics has to be more centric as opposed to far right or far left. And I think we're starting to see the pendulum swinging from the far left to at least a more a more center type of mentality. So what's happening here in the United States is, is just one example of what's going on in the world. Being that we're with the United States, however, we are the largest and biggest hurdle to these global elitists from trying to turn the world into a one world government and going to a one world currency. That's very bad. That's when we know we're, we're as a whole, as a, as a world society, we are in a very bad shape if we get to that point. And unfortunately, the United, or not fortunate, not unfortunately, but fortunately, the United States is really the last, the last big hurdle for the globalists to do that. And right now, it's failing in the United States in terms of the globalist attempt to try to sequester all the power in the world. And that's why I really think if, if Donald Trump does get reelected, I really think there's going to be an, an attempt on his life. And I I think that is really uh it's really an attempt to completely destabilize the United States because they know for a fact that once that happens, that'll immediately trigger a civil war internally. Oh, 100 percent With the amount of followers that Trump I'm blindly has to begin with i mean yeah but it's yeah, not even that it's 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 not even the the we'll you know we'll say fanatics it's let's say just re- completely reasonable people that are that see what's going on that they're getting hurt in their in their pockets mm-hmm. you know they're they're seeing exactly what's going on with this woke ideology and how it's being pushed by universities by the government by everything they're fucking tired of it as yeah, and, people are getting and, sick of it Yep. And, and a lot of those people aren't fans of Trump, but they, they also realize that the far left, the far left ideology that's currently being pushed everywhere is not the answer to, to prosperity. And that that's what I think. That's when I think people really are starting to wake up to the idea that we can't have this far left ideology. We can't. And if if that's what Joe Biden is, then then they need an alternative. Mm-hmm. so yeah that's where we are we're we're we are really at a fucking tipping point not only here in the united states but at the world stage too it really is especially on this world stage you know with everything that's going you know let, let, let's go east with our conversation and with everything that's happening in, in israel and gaza and you know the There's been a lot of conversations that I've I've seen, and it's just is is Israel going too far at this point? You know, initially, you know, when everything happened October seventh, 
you know, the, the Hamas invasion, you know, 1,200 Israelis were killed. You know, we had hundreds that were, were, were taken hostage, if not thousands taken hostage. But now it's like, you know, so you can get behind Israel going in and, and lack of a better term, fucking shit up, right? Mm-hmm. Get behind that. We're at the point now where it's just like now it's 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 going into the point where you know he's who's saying you know he's using language that we used to hear. Who's the Iranian president? Um, the supreme leader of Iran. Yeah, not the, the, not the Ayatollah, not the Ayatollah. It was their their president. Yeah, he used to use. You know what I'm talking name. about? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He used to say he was synonymous for saying that Israel needs to be wiped off the map. Yeah, he said it, and this is a country that's surrounded by Islamic countries. Mm-hmm. Israel, yeah, they never actually did it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. There was a lot of say. You know, we use the term saber rattling. There was a lot of that going on, but it never happened, right? Mm-hmm. This dude's trying to go in, and he's used the term "we need to thin Gaza." Gaza needs to be wiped off the map. Mm. talk of ethnic cleansing listen i get it you know i mean we've we've talked about it before and i'm not turning i'm not going you know sympathize with palestine and i'm not taking that route but what i am saying is you know we should be we're funding a country right now which at its inception you know we want to help them defend themselves we've moved Mm -hmm. past that the, the guys are like they're they're talking about twenty thousand civilians being killed. They're talking about a genocide that's happening now. Like, in and even our own media is talking about it because our own media wants to be supportive, uh, you know, because Biden is is all in on on Israel. Mm, I would dispute that, but but they're not when it comes to this. That's what I'm getting at. Mm. They're not when it comes to this. Because he's really, I think it's it, it's good that the idea would be there. Like, hey, we're going to support you guys. You guys had Hamas come in. And they had they they invaded you, in, in this. But I feel like should be some like checks and balances when it comes to our funding. Like, listen, we'll, we'll help you out here, but when you start, you can't have. Let me back this up. I don't think you could have a defense technology like Iron Dome, most sophisticated technological defense system, probably in any country, most countries for sure. But you're throwing dumb bombs and it's killing just innocent people. Like you have to have a little bit more sophisticated, organized strikes. And I know we've talked about this before. Like you talked about like how Hamas, they fight dirty. And I get it. They do. Uh-huh. They do. They use human shields. I get it. But we got to figure something out because, I mean, you look at a pie chart, like 35% of the casualties in, in Gaza are children. Uh-huh. That's, that's I, I don't find that acceptable. Now, I, I, I think... Defending your country is acceptable. I think if if they came into my home and wiped out my family, I, I, I would want I would want vengeance. 
but I feel like at, at some point there has to be like some kind of check and, and balance and kind of like some oversight being like, Hey guys. Okay. Okay. All right. I mean, when he, he's, he's saying he wants to wipe them off the map and there's a lot of innocent people there. Which I get, I, um, I totally understand. Um, there's there's a couple issues that I have. The numbers that we get, where are they who, skewed? Where are they coming from? Right. And I think that's something that we have to we have to really take into consideration because my understanding is that they're coming from basically Hamas or the Palestinian Authority, um, and there's really no third party verification of exactly what's what's going on. Um, terrorists. Yeah, but when are, you look at some of this 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 footage of like you know, satellite imagery. I mean, it looks like the moon. Yeah. And these are, these are urban environments. So I don't think the numbers would be that far off. I don't think it's like a thousand people were going to say that there was 20. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I mean, I'm sure there's quite a few civilian casualties. I, I don't know about the verification of that particular number. Fair I, enough. I, but what about, what about they're, they're, they're killing their own people hostages there was the three hostages there were israelis yeah idf went in there and killed them as they waved white flags writing sos on the wall like what the fudge so i i read about that and apparently hamas was using that strategy quite a bit as well to try to ambush soldiers okay so it was hard for idf to really distinguish who these people were when they were doing that um because again, Hamas was using something similar to that. <clears throat> so, I, I mean, it that's that's a and I'm I'm not I'm not dismissing it because it's horrific. It's absolutely awful that that happened. Um, but and again, not using an, an excuse, it happens quite a bit in the fog of war, and when you have to make a split a split For decision, yeah, you know when you, when you have to make a split decision between the unknown person's life and yours and the soldier to your right and to your left. That's where split decisions are made, unfortunately. And there is a lot of emotion that, that comes into these things where people get scared. They don't know. And they just, they, they try to act as cautiously as they could or try to think worst case scenario and act on it. Again, I'm not, I'm not excusing what that was i think unfortunately we're getting a lot of monday morning quarterbacking on on a particular situation like that it's horrific and i think i think what people need to get out of this is that war is awful war is not you know a clean you know one you know one side versus another fight there's a lot of people that get caught in the crossfire there's a lot of confusion that occurs there's a lot of friendly fire incidents that occur um it, it, it's awful. And I think there's there's a lot of nuances to this to this conflict that we're we're not getting full reporting on. Um, and I think that's one thing that we have to take with it. Um, so that's that that's that's one of the biggest things I'm, I'm not disagreeing with you completely. I, I mean, I think it's awful that civilians, especially children, get caught up in this. But I think there's a lot of dirty tactics that are being used, especially by Hamas, 
to really drive the narrative against against Israel. Um, so I think that's something that we have to keep in mind when it comes to this. So that that's my that's my take on the matter. <clears throat> yeah, I mean it's it's a lot to unpack. And I mean, two months ago, at the end of October, we were still talking about you know we were talking about even back then what a humanitarian disaster it was going to turn into. And yeah, it's kind of expected. But it's just, I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I feel like when when you start seeing death, if it's accurate, you know, like you said, but when you start seeing death tolls get that high when it involves children specifically, I think an approach has to be reexamined. And, you know, when the idea to like kind of come up for air and take stock comes up, it's just like, no. I mean, Netanyahu was this was checking it out the other day and he's like this war is far from over yeah i i agree but i but this is this is modern warfare it, rarely are you going to get you know nation versus nation like with with russia and ukraine it's it's fairly clear cut um with israel and hamas it's it's not so much because a lot of people are led to believe it's israel versus palestine and it's not it's not because if Israel really wanted to exterminate the Palestinian people in the Gaza Strip, they have the firepower to do so. And they could have done it a lot faster. So that's something that everybody has to keep in mind as well. So it, 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 when you have a terrorist player in the mix that is really driving the agenda or really driving the narrative, um, it makes things look and I hate to say it this way, it makes things look a lot worse than they actually are. And my second point to this, which which sounds a little cold, and I, I don't mean it to, to mean that way because I'm sure there are a lot of innocent Palestinians that have been killed in this conflict, and this conflict never should have happened. So if, if Hamas hadn't attacked Israel, on October 7th, would we have the civilian, let's say those numbers are accurate, would we have the civilian death toll today if October 7th never happened? Would all those people be dead today if that if that day never came? Would Israel go in there unprovoked and just start indiscriminately killing people? Well, no. But... So who do you fault? Do you fault Hamas for doing it? Do you, I mean, obviously you, you do, but do you also, I mean, Israel and, and uh, the, the, are they supposed to be like the most complex, adept, intelligence savvy? On earth? agency on, on the planet like there, there's Mossad. there's a lot of pride that goes into that you know yeah there, there is yeah supposed to be like yeah so well cia major... cia and fbi supposedly were and we still had september 11th well and this is why we, you know even now here it is 20 years later we're still talking about how you know possibilities of it being and that's even so much a government job of the fact that the government maybe knew about it yeah and, you know it's like a because in history, there's been false flag events, and we're still talking about you know the Gulf of Tonkin in in, in Vietnam. Uh -huh. 
you know, that brought us in. Yeah. You know, yep. they know about, how do you not know about a fleet the size of, uh, you know, that the Japanese were sending to Pearl Harbor? You're going to really mm-hmm. tell me that you thought it was a flock of seagulls? Really? <laughs> exactly. Come on, man. Yeah, there's major, there's major intelligence blunders that, that have occurred throughout history, just within the past hundred years, as, as we've seen. So, yeah, I mean, that, that was a major failure on, on, uh, on Israeli intelligence part. Um, who do I blame for all this? I mean, I still blame Hamas. Yeah. Yeah, of course. But the thing is, is, but Hamas, Hamas, this is why it's so complicated, right? Because you don't like to see the civilians, the civilians incur as much casualties as they did, but you're also part of it's also like, well, you guys voted these people in. And this exactly. Is what you get. It's kind of like what you saw in like Afghanistan with the Taliban. And it's dangerous, man. It's, it's, it's so fucking dangerous. And that's the thing. Like, you know, we have Biden's showing just how bad. I, I mean, if his age and his blunders, public speaking these days, are enough to to submarine his, to torpedo rather his 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 electability, mm-hmm. um, then I think right now his his foreign relations and his strategy with that is really showing really how bad he is i mean you've got a border crisis that's raging on and i know every time any president goes on vacation it's always like what the fuck they're just taking their hands off the wheel but this is major like there's a lot of crazy shit going on right now and this guy's out like on a beach right now in what say croy or something like that like yeah virgin islands that's yeah like come on man <laughs> like this whole thing is going on and and you were getting on rightfully so but you were getting on ted cruz when everything was frozen in texas and this guy was in kabul or or in fucking cabo yeah like come on man there's times you just can't take the take your hand off the wheel if we're gonna gonna give him a pass we can't give you a pass either Mm -hmm. yeah very true but very true uh, we could wrap it up with this this latest movie from netflix leave the world behind have you you seen seen it? it i have not i have tell me about it I hear, I, I see who directed it, um, Sam Esmail. He actually was the director or creator of Mr. Robot, which I did use, I watched when that was on. So there was a lot of kind of mind bending twists and turn through that show. Yes. And as was this in is, this movie. Yeah. That's what I'm hearing. Be, do you, the real question is, do you know who the producers were? Executive uh, producer Julia Roberts, uh, Marissa Yeres Gill, Lisa Guillen, Sam Ismail, and Chad Hamilton. All right, maybe not executive directors, maybe executive producers. Uh, screenplay was by Sam Co- Ismail. Co producers. Uh, let's see here. <laughs> that wasn't in front of me. Look up Michelle and Barack Obama and leave the world behind. Uh, starring Kevin Bacon. I like Kevin Bacon. Yeah, he he lives part of his time in the in uh, Connecticut. Uh, he does. I think Roxbury, I believe. Yeah, or Sharon. It's like a half hour from where I live. <laughs> okay, let's see here. Cinema Blender. 
Leave the world. Come on. Yeah, I accept the damn cookies. Come on. Leave the world behind. Director addresses conspiracy theories about the Obama's involvement. Executive producers. It doesn't say that in what I'm looking They're at. They're part, part executive producers. Leave the World Behind has been a big hit on Netflix since it premiered in the 2023 movie schedule in early December. Um, it's time to debunk those conspiracy theories surrounding former President Barack Obama and former First Lady Michelle Obama's involvement in the movies. Looks like uh, debunking the fact that they were producers. That wasn't because that wasn't debunked because <laughs> there was an interview okay, with, the, with the... Yeah, I'm seeing during the interview, Ishmael, I'm calling him Ishmael. Am I even saying that right? Ishmael admitted that he'd seen the, SNL? Leave the world behind conspiracy theories online, but shared that the producers did not have a huge influence on the script since it's a book adaptation and have already been written. So yeah, that goes on to say that he was, they were executive producers. Uh, well, not executive, but they did it, that. That sentence in itself shows their involvement. Previously, Ismail has shared that the Barack Obama did help ground him for a bit on a more how things might unfold in reality in regards to his experience in watching real life crises unfold as presidents. Yeah. yeah. So, remember how we were just talking earlier about, you know, the downfall of the United States and trying to. Or there's you know things in play that are trying to cause the United States to fall into a civil war, try to cause its down its downfall. Yes. This this movie basically basically talks about that, or essentially kind of puts that into an artistic form, if you will, to show what you know to give an example of what that would look like. Of of basically just completely killing our digital communications with one another, uh, with our satellites and all that other stuff and how people have lost the ability to communicate. Um, and just the interpersonal relationships with people when all, all hell breaks loose or when the shit hits the fan and just people, how people are just at each other's throats. People just don't know how to communicate. Remember how we were talking at the very beginning of this episode of that song and people just can't communicate well with one another mm -hmm. uh it's all i think it's all interconnected as far as i'm concerned but basically what this movie depicts is it in it, it there's a lot of symbolism and if you just if you just turn the movie on without knowing anything about it you watch the movie you're gonna kind of be left hanging like i i don't understand what the fuck is going on okay so you know like you know the communications are down we don't know exactly what's going on um it, things just don't make any sense and the kind of the movie ends with you like like, like leaving you hanging basically but if anybody's going to see this movie i highly suggest they they i i found a lot of good clips on tiktok of people kind of inserting their opinion of what they think of the symbolism within the movie and a lot of it really makes a lot of uh, makes a lot of good sense and I highly suggest that people do that. They go in, they watch a couple videos, just kind of like to kind of get an idea of what the message of the movie is. Um, and essentially what it comes down to is that as citizens in the United States, we are completely helpless without technology. If, if the shit does hit the fan one day, there's going to be massive chaos. And people are going to start turning on each other for their for their own, you know, based on their own primitive survival skills. 
Right. You know, if you're sick, you need medicine. It's not like you could go to the, you can make an appointment with the doctor and go to, you know, go to the minute clinic or get a prescription. You need to find medication to help you. You need to find somebody who can help you. And that's going to be very difficult to do when the world is in absolute chaos. So I think that's what people have to understand in terms of what this movie is trying to tell you. And what it essentially boils down to is that eventually a civil war starts. There's racial undertones in this that's basically suggesting that is it going to be another civil war based on race or is it going to be a civil war based on ideologies or maybe both? Maybe both are interwoven with one another. So I really liked the movie, but I also, like I said, I looked at a lot of videos that really went into talking about the symbolism behind different things. It helps you understand it a little better. And here, the freaky thing about all of this is that this movie basically ends with a civil war starting in New York City. There's a movie coming out in, on April 26th in 2024 called Civil War that starts with a civil war starting in New York city. So there's, mm-hmm. uh, although these seem to be these, these movies are completely independent of each other. It seems like leave the world behind is almost like a prequel for the actual movie civil war. Right, well, let's watch a, let's watch a, a trailer for this. Yeah. I went online this morning and I rented us a beautiful house out by the beach. I figured if I made the reservation and packed our bags, it would eliminate most of the reasons to say no. Oh, this is nice. Kids look so happy. The Wi-Fi isn't working. Yep. Get a pad. I'm so sorry to bother you that this is our house. This is your house? driving back to the city then something happened you want to stay here but we're staying here we need to get them out of here i need to think everything's gonna be okay everything is gonna be okay isn't it pause it for a second across the country something is happening and i don't trust them Everything I know, I have told you. I don't believe you. I would do anything to protect my family. What you do is your business. Get in the car right now! Haven't you been picking up on what's going on out there? Whatever it is, it's happening to all of us. I just want to know what is the truth. Well, that's uh, the crazy thing with all the Teslas lined up and zooming at them. It's crazy because you've seen it, so. You, you could put together like what happened in, in surrounding those scenes. Mm-hmm. The, the one thing that I, I still haven't gotten an answer to. I, I knew immediately why they were all, all Teslas. 
I knew and so I knew immediately electric. and self-driving, which means they could be hacked into easily. Hmm. The real question is what's the symbolism behind the all white Teslas? Because if you look at every single one of those Teslas, they're all white and they're smashed into each other for miles. That's the one thing I haven't been able to get an answer for. What's the symbolism behind that? So. Well, hopefully I'll check it out and be able to get you an answer on, on, on that as well. Yeah. Highly suggest you uh highly suggest you see it. Let me know what you think. <laughs> yes, sir. And that's all we got for tonight. That is it. Now, what do we got here? My hero. Is that a grease fire from a grill? Maybe. <laughs> All right, folks. That's all I got. Yeah, that's all we got. Hopefully, we don't we don't have a civil war before our next episode. No. See y'all <laughs> next week. Peace. Peace out.